What's up, YouTube? Welcome. It is another episode of Thirsty Smurfing Thursday. Uh, my name is Matt. Sometimes I go by the grass factor. Martin. And alongside me, we have Ray. Uh, we have <laughs> J-Pink behind the keys. Uh, throw us a sound effect, J-Pink. We got, you we got are a fucking pussy. There it is. Um, <laughs> and Demay is coming shortly. He's hanging out with his uh, his uh, uh, rentals. Uh, real quick, getting some time in there, and so you gotta you, you gotta do what you gotta do. Um, heads up here, we have we have no plan for the show tonight. So if there's anything you would like us to cover, by all means, please send it in. Uh, I did ask a couple of questions on Facebook. We'll uh, we'll we'll get to that here in a minute. The old Facebook face crack. I forget it exists from time to time, right? And uh, <laughs> and then when I when I remember, I'm like, oh yeah, there is such a thing as uh as facebook so actually look i got in there pretty pretty quickly right um uh a, a a couple of one of the things that i thought was interesting was uh what people people are working on this year right so a lawn care monster says he is switching to a new crm to better automate his business for those of you that don't know what a crm it is a customer relationship management uh software manager software um, and in in the green industry, um, there are there are several different options, um, and there's varying degrees of efficacy and power that you can get out of them. And uh, we could talk a little bit about that later on. Uh, and you can make the determination whether or not it is right for you. Uh, Scott uh, Brenniger says he is working on improving his lawn care program, and I and I feel like it is definitely worth revisiting from time to time. Whether you end up making any changes or not. Um, and I'll say this too, is that the, the smaller I was, the more invested I was in constantly tweaking things. And then as I got busier, it was more like, uh, how can I just keep this machine moving at as fast of a pace as possible? Um, and then the one that I thought was actually really interesting was Matt Montgomery said, he is trying to reduce bad debt. Um, and why I think that's interesting is that it actually kind of plays into the first question with the CRM, right? I'll say this, is that when, and by the way, if you have any questions, throw them into the chat. Uh, Jim Pink will log them to us. We will get to them on a first come first serve basis. Do understand that it takes me time to answer questions. I talk entirely too much. And, uh, and, uh, the other thing too, is that we are human. We are fallible. We do make mistakes, fact check everything we say for Christ's sake, we're doing this live. Uh, it is stream of consciousness. We, we do not get these questions in advance and, and prepare, uh, 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 theses or, uh, <laughs> whatever, whatever they're called. We don't, we don't, we don't take these in advance. So we do answer them live. So by all means, just double check that what we're saying is, is actually factual because sometimes I may be answering a question about an assumption I made and I made the wrong assumption because you put it into two, uh, I said theses, Nick theses, um, <laughs> like a master thesis, the, the plural of thesis theses. I don't even know if that's correct. I just, it just sounded funny. So I, uh, I used it. Um, so by, by, by all means, uh, it is, it is uh, moving forward. Real quick, Jago, am I making any changes, improvements to Green or SP? Uh, changes, yes. It is only going to exist as a liquid moving forward. Uh, the handling aspect of it is very difficult. 
the struggle that we were trying to figure out was uh, a shelf life stability and uh, playing around with with nailing a certain pH. Actually, we were able to do that. Right. So uh, some DI water, uh, some uh, some preservatives of sorts to to prevent uh, both acid and uh, alkaline hydrolysis. But luckily, peptides are pretty stable. Uh, especially in uh, in acid conditions, so we had to, we had to uh, dick around there a little bit, but uh, we feel we feel pretty good. It's it's been it's been uh, good for uh, right about a year now, and, uh, and so that looks like it is passing the smell test with flying colors, and uh, so that that will be the change. But that's that's probably not gonna gonna be a thing until February, maybe March. Um, oh. And, uh, uh, yeah, Nick is asking. Uh, yeah, what is the cheapest way to produce DI water at home with an RO system? Yep, that's what I do. Yeah. That's what I do, Matt. I mean, I I do RO for drinking and cooking water, and I mm-hmm. I got to tell you guys about this little FAFO I did with the RO water making up some glyphosate. It worked differently from pulling water. Out of the uh, out of the regular untreated uh, city water supply, I would say you saw an an increase in effectiveness. Mm -hmm. Very much so, because usually when I do glyphosate, I'm working around the one percent solution space. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I don't I don't go particularly high because for me. I believe that if 1% glyphosate doesn't take it out, I think I should I think I should be using something else. Jago just had an ad play during this live stream that is hilarious. I don't know <laughs> if you're joking with me or not. If not, um that is that is really new. I've never seen that before, so I'll I'll take a look at it at some point offline. Um unfortunately, I'll tell you this of the list of things that he said seriously okay uh Matt, i've i've got Matt, a huh Matt, yes that's yes. what we talked about oh that we was while it was live oh, okay okay yes okay. that i it, didn't it i missed that part okay, you, okay. youtube mm-hmm. changed all that monetization stuff okay mm-hmm. we See, can jesse's we, complaining about it too it's it's yeah. one mm-hmm. every 30 minutes that we're live at most <laughs> that's what it's supposed huh. to be yeah, uh, I I have a list of things that I have I have to do uh, rel- related to YouTube, so I I will get to it. It is it is on my list, but it is not priority number one. Uh, so uh, anyway, just word of warning there. It it will happen. It's not going to happen right now. We 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 could make it be every six minutes. Yeah, instead of every thirty. Yeah, it could be it could be every six minutes. Uh, Jesse's <laughs> getting them every ten minutes or so. Um, I, anyway, those are, those are settings that I have to, (laughs) Jesse's going to sue it. Those are settings I have to (laughs) dig around with. That's new. That is all new. J pink just told me about it about like 15 minutes ago. And, uh, and he actually scaled it down before, before the stream. So, uh, bear with us on that. I apologize. Uh, I don't apologize, but like I said, it is, it is something, uh, I will, I will address at some point. When I, when it, when it, when I find the motivation to do it, um, <laughs> me, <laughs> hashtag me too. Uh, anyway, related to bad debt, 
and um uh what you might call it bad debt and and crm software okay so i know that one of the there's there's one particular piece of software one is called uh service autopilot right i have when i came up in corporate lawn care i worked with real green i worked with real green with two different companies and then on my own uh, i played with a couple different companies and ended up settling a service autopilot one of the big selling points for the early days of service autopilot was moving all your customers to auto bill right where it's a card on file when you post your applications and what i mean by post is like okay you go in, you look at a map, and you have all your properties sorted on a map by like days since last treatment, right? You can set a filter and say you set it for like 35 days, right? So you're looking at a map of whose properties haven't been sorted, who have not been treated in 35 days based on, you know, what's left of that round, right? So say you're on round three, you know, you've treated uh, 100 of your 400 customers, uh, uh, 75 of them are, are available in that 35 days. So you you draw your route out, you know, you you click and drag and put a box over the route you want to run. It pulls them all into a queue, and uh, and you know you can either print uh, a a a stack of invoices that you can take and leave you know a, a copy of it there, or you know you could dispatch it over to your uh, to your cell phone and then run it off of there. Um, and then when you finish your property, you can either do it at the at the end of the property and go ahead and and push an invoice to the customer and it will trigger and uh well no you just push an invoice to the customer you get back at the end of the day and then you post all of those invoices that you issued and it goes ahead and uh runs their credit card that's on file right it simplifies the amount of time you have to spend chasing money because when you run a business Cash flow is king. Unless you have the size business where you run entirely on like a daily settled line of credit. Um, and there are some businesses that do that, right? If you have a very cash demanding business and you offer terms and all that other fun stuff and, you know, say, uh, you know, in, in, an, in an effort to, to keep you running and you've got like six month lead times on equipment that you purchase and stuff, you know, you may entirely operate on a line of credit. The, the the bank is uh, is your is your friend in that regard, and they are they are looking under every rock and uh, nook and cranny for any dollar that they can possibly find. Um, I will say that you know a lot of lawn care businesses up to a certain size are not going to fit that real well, just because banks aren't going to get excited about it. Uh, however, as you get larger and larger, eventually you can become uh, operable on a line of credit, and uh, and effectively, right? It's, it's like you, your 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 bank account starts at zero, but it's actually we'll say your line of credit's like five hundred thousand dollars. Your bank account is at zero, but you have five hundred thousand dollars. So as you spend, it draws into the negative, right? And so your your balance will be you know minus whatever, minus whatever, minus whatever, minus whatever. And then as you post all your invoices for the end of the day, all those get debited back into your account, right? And so uh, as that gets reconciled at the end of the night, the next morning you wake up. And where you finish the day at minus fourteen thousand two hundred and thirty-seven dollars, um, uh, you know now you're back at uh, at plus fifty-two thousand or whatever. But actually, it's five hundred fifty-two thousand. Okay, so we're just talking about operating your business on a line of credit. Like you know, you 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 completely function everything on a line of credit, and and especially if it's reconciled every day through the bank, you know what that looks like. 
and what we're talking about is 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 a uh, um, a card on file uh, business mm. model for lawn care to uh, cut down on the amount of bad debt that you have to settle every year, right? Um, here here's and why why that becomes so advantageous is exactly that. You know, cash is is king, uh, especially if you do not operate on a line of credit. You have to have free cash available. You got to go buy your next round of material. You want as much purchase power as possible. You know, maybe, maybe they say, you know, hey, look, we'll give you this much of a break if you buy on 30 days, or you get this much of a break if you if you pay cash up front. Um, you know, or you get this much of a break if you pay with a check versus a credit card or whatever the case may be. And you have to do the calculus to figure out what makes sense, right? But if you don't have the cash to do that up front, you can't take advantage of those options to save. 5%, 10%, and shit, I've seen them as high as 12% before if you pay cash up front. And that, when you're talking about 12%, say you're making a $100,000 purchase for your round, uh, that's, talk, that's 12 grand that does you basically get as cash back, right? That's one way to look at it. Uh, that's, that's a little bit of woman math there, but uh, legitimately, that is, that is 12 grand in your pocket that you did not anticipate being in your pocket, which is a net good, okay? Now, when it comes to you, you have acquired bad debt, you have bad debt, and now you've got to figure out what to do with it. Good luck. <laughs> it is, it is, uh, I don't know what to tell you about uh, getting out of it. Now, there's a few things I'll say this that in corporate lawn care, when you do run on a line of credit, the bank will typically tell you to sell it to a debt collector. Okay. Um, and they'll, they'll go after it that way. You just pull up what you have at the end of the year. Say you've got $20,000 of bad debt. You sell it for five grand, four grand to a debt collector, and then they go ham on it, but you at least recoup something, right? Yeah. It's still a loss, but you still recoup something when you had nothing before. Um, and you know, it, the, the problem where it in, in small businesses, right. Is that, okay, You've got four grand of bad debt, and that four grand is the difference between you getting through winter and not getting through winter. And uh, and then you try to sell that, and they're like, "Yeah, we'll give you four hundred bucks." You're like, "Fuck, man, fuck! I need four grand, but you only, you can only give me uh, four hundred dollars." Okay, that that okay. can be an issue when it comes to to settling your debt, man. I to to settling that debt, I don't know. What else you can do aside from show up, leave notes on the door, um, I, I, I tell them <laughs> the 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 seriousness of the situation and the the harm that they cause. You know, try and just be transparent and honest that like you are legitimately causing harm to me, mm -hmm. to my wife, to my family, mm -hmm. uh, because of your decision to fuck me on this. And I get it; times are tough, but. In this instance, especially if it's a lawn app, you know, it'd be like, look, you owe me $120, but the reality is, is that you're one of 400. And between that 400, uh, you know, that's $44,000. And I, and I, I need that now. Yep. You know, here's, uh, $40, my thoughts on this. No, here's my thoughts on this, Matt. I don't let people go more than. 30 days before they're informed that they are past due and as a past due person, several things happen to them. Firstly, you know, a 
service charge, the service that debt starts accruing. Secondly, I terminate service. Thirdly, liens uh, are put in place. And that is all before I've even talked about sending their debt off to, off to a third party. All right? And that's... Uh, and and the reason why it has to be that way is because the longer you let it go, usually the more in debt that person becomes and the less they're able to pay it off. So my policy is after 30 days, uh, I ask very nicely. <laughs> You know, I, I tell them, uh, so uh, where's the last month's uh, you know, payment due? And I uh, ask them, hey, uh, what's going on? Because the reality is, is that in my case, that kind of debt will literally make it so that I tell them, if I have too many people not paying when they agree to pay, I'm not going to be in business. I'm going to be gone. It's a it's a very real situation. You know, Gardner Earth guy had had he said his 20s were lit. Uh, I'll say he is not in his 20s anymore. And you probably can't get away with this like you used to. Uh, and the reason why is that I remember back in like 2015, maybe <clears throat> there was an outfit in Memphis, and I think this guy was owed for like two cuts, 80 bucks, right? But Small business, Memphis, he he needs the $80. He's a mowing guy, right? So, I mean, he's not mm -hmm. making a ton of money as it is. And uh, and uh, the lady would not pay him. And so what, what did he do is he went and he mowed the grass down to about a fraction of an inch. And uh, <laughs> Jesus. And I, they ended up <laughs> calling the news on him for that. And he was like, I'm just trying to get paid. And I mean, they firebombed his uh, his uh, Google listing with one-star reviews. And, uh, and sure enough, he did. He ended up having to shut down because it was so, it was so extreme. And, uh, and it, what sucked, too, is that the guy was like, if I recall correct, I may be confusing like two or three different stories of one. It was a long time ago. My, my brain has continued to rot since then. But... Um, I think I think it was like he had been out of prison for like four years and was doing pretty good at his business. And uh, but it, it was he's just flat out not going to take not being paid for the work he did that was agreed to. And uh, and uh, and anyway, went and, and boy, he he cut it to the dirt. It was a it was a true dirt scalp and looked looked amazing. I'm not going to lie. Did, did a fan cleaned it up, too. Mm -hmm. Um, but it was gone and, uh, and yeah, they had a hissy fit and that's what he was saying. But when he was interviewing in the news, he was like, it's going to grow back. It's going to grow back. <laughs> and, uh, and no one, no one wanted to hear it. Okay. Nobody do. I can't get away what, with that anymore. Don't do that. Yeah, <laughs> nobody do what Mike Shelley is saying to do. He said, they don't pay Chernobyl their debt amount in the lawn. No, God, no. Fudge no. <laughs> yeah, I know uh again when I when I worked in in Memphis uh there was this uh this customer way outside of Memphis proper like way out <laughs> in the county country bumpkin is as, as hell area. 
And uh, the old man lived there, would not let uh, black people treat his yard. And uh, one of, uh, and look, Memphis is like 70% black. Of course, there's going to be black technicians at triggering that are going to treat <laughs> your yard. It is what it is. Mm -hmm. And uh, they trained me for Christ's sake. Uh, and, uh, what did one of the, one of the guys do is, uh, he, he took a backpack of MSMA concentrate and the guy had a, a yard that was visible from, from one of the main roads in Bartlett. And he wrote, fuck you across his giant front yard and giant <laughs> letters with MSMA concentrate. And it was one of the most beautiful things that we had ever seen. <laughs> and, uh, we, everyone had a picture on their phone where they drove by <laughs> And took a and took a picture of it and and kept it as a keepsake as a reminder for that piece of shit that lived there. Uh, and you don't you don't you don't fuck with the lawn boy, you know. Don't forget, don't fuck. Don't no, fuck with the lawn boy. no, don't don't mess with the lawn guy because uh, my joke when I worked for a company is I occasionally told the boss, "Hey, does this clown need the Dupont disease?" Okay, this was in the 1990s, and my boss—I can—I can no, my, I can. my boss whipped his head around because he was, you know, he knows the invoices. He's looking at the invoices and said, "Oh, fuck, great! That's Dupont Hivar, Dupont House, <laughs> Dupont Carmex." <laughs> like, boss, oh man, boss, oh, I can quickly move this lawn right from. <laughs> Honolulu, right over to Bhopal. No problem. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we, yeah, this can also be Bhopal. I mean, that, that's not wrong. Not wrong because. Uh, you can do Carbide before. Mm. Mm -hmm. They didn't pay hey, their bills I mean, either. And they don't have to that's forever. Right. Yeah, that, that happens. Oh, exactly, in probate right, right. now. Mm -hmm. Yep. Sure is. So. Uh, yeah, that that was my that was my little joke. I said, "Hey, does this guy need the Dupont disease because he's whining, or he's holding out on his bill?" And my boss just said, "What?" He said, and then he realized, "Oh hell, Ray, you you've been ordering uh, you know Hivar and Oust <laughs> uh, for for a cold day." Um, the, the, the other thing too is, uh, in, in lawn care, it can be extremely difficult to do this, right? If you, if you're dealing with 30 customers, it's a lot easier to have the kind of relationship where you understand their financial situation. When you mm -hmm. have 300 customers, it's difficult to keep a rolling pulse on everything. Uh, if you have 3000 customers, you have no idea. If you have however uh, uh, ten thousand customers, you definitely have no idea. When even when you scale up, hey, does the bank or the car dealership just let everybody slide without thoroughly vetting them when they sell cars, even though they're selling hundreds of cars per year? No, absolutely no, no. not. And and that's why the same is true, uh, Matt Montgomery. My God, if somebody asks me for lawn and landscape care, I can be almost as bad as them trying to buy a car or a house. Well, I really, in this day and age, and I, it really depends and tracks on 
where you're at with your receivables and things like that. But I don't think in this day and age, you know, the credit card and file thing or whatever, you can do that. But asking for payment before service, okay, think of this. And Matt should be old enough to remember this. I know Ray remembers this. Remember when you can just pull up to the gas station and just pump gas, right? Without Mm -hmm. going inside to Mm -hmm. pay first. or There was no, you know, credit card swiping back then. It was the honor system, mm-hmm. right? That you were going to walk in there and you were going to pay for it. And now that shit don't happen, right? For anybody. No, it doesn't matter. No. It doesn't matter how good, bad, or indifferent you are. It doesn't matter how much money you have. You prepay. Okay. And if nobody cries foul. It just, that's the way everything switched. I really do wonder if everybody just had a sort of made the switch, right? And you're never going to see this because the larger companies don't care. And to Matt's point, you, you churn and you have volume on such, you know, bad debt that, you can sell it off, you know, for a lot more, you know, on a per dollar basis with these larger companies. But I don't know. I just, I don't think it's uh, crass or rude or anything like that to ask and say somebody, Hey, you know, this is a lot of money coming out of my pocket just for me to show up here. You know, mm-hmm. you can pay me for my labor for me to actually do it after the fact, but the materials, the fuel, you know, all the overhead, everything like that, Ryan? you know, that's what I need to okay. get to the door. Okay. Ryan. I do that actually. Like, if somebody is contacting me for something other than routine, you know, lawn and landscape management, and their outlay for the job is, say, over $1,000, right then and there, my policy is before I will even give you a promise date i need to have a 50% deposit in my hand okay i need that 50% deposit because without that 50% deposit that basically guarantees that i'm going to show up because i'm not going to run away with somebody's money and secondly that at least covers the cost of my materials when I start that job. Because my time to, to do that job, hey, I will give that away, but then I will not be hung up for materials. Never, okay? Not happening. Yep. So that's how, that's how I do it. You know, that's exactly how I do it, is that if, above a certain amount, I say, you know, Glad to help you with this, but uh, I'll book the job as soon as I have that 50% deposit in my hand. There. Uh, yeah, uh, no, I think, uh, I, think, I think that's something everyone needs to keep into their, uh, build, build that in. And again, if you can use software to help you get that done, by all means, please do it. Um, I am a big fan of using it to uh, one is that I feel like it provides the advantage of appearing and being uh, professional. Um, and Absolutely. I, Pat. It, yep. Absolutely. Uh, it, because uh, it provides consistency of branding across all uh, visual aspects online. Right. Like for example, um, in 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 my opinion, that a lot of the lawn care companies that I see scale uh, the best, they 
are uh, very consistent with their branding. All their trucks look the same. All their texts look the same. All their printouts look the same. All their email headers look the same. Their website looks the same. It's very congruent and cohesive, right? Cohesive branding. Uh, and I think I think that gives off more of an image to the kind of company you are than anything else. So when you're talking about the psych, psychology of marketing, right? For whatever reason, that in and of itself is like the pinnacle, the absolute pinnacle of uh, of of marketing, right? Is is having a cohesive brand, and um, so. You know, you leveraging software to maintain uh, and 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 to be an, an additional factor of your cohesive brand uh, you, in today's age, especially. I think that is an absolute must. And you could be a one man show and appear like you have fifty trucks on the road as long as your brand is cohesive. Absolutely, Matt. And uh, I tell people the difference is is that. I tell people, notice something. Notice how I take credit cards. Notice mm-hmm. how my invoicing is all via email. Mm-hmm. And if somebody so desires, I can like bust out my tab and figure out their account right there in front of them because it's all on there, right? So... That is the difference because for the people that are not used to working that way, they say, what? Uh, you mean I don't have to leave uh, cash under the doormat or whatever? I said, no, I will be invoicing you at the end of the month, uh, and that invoice will be via email. <laughs> have a good day. <laughs> have a good day, yep. for sure. I mean, and it, and it just uh, gives off a different feel to the business entirely and i also remind people hey the guys that want you to leave cash under the doormat or whatever i told i told them watch out for those guys because they may or may not be in business mm-hmm. and the reason why they may or may not be in business is it's only a matter of time before either the IRS or the Hawaii Department of Taxation catches up with them. Yep. <laughs> All right. All right, Matt. I mean, that's just, that's just reality is that uh, because like one of the things when I first opened my business account back in 2007, the bank asked me, Am I going to be accepting cash as payment? Hmm. Wow. And you know what? My answer to that was a was a flat out no. Absolutely not. Uh let's see, did I no, that was that was all the questions I had on that. Demay, I'm curious, and I, I'll say this, is that the amount of, of lawn care guys that I see chasing money has cut down significantly mm-hmm. over the last X number of years. I'll say that in landscaping, I, th- I feel like it's still kind of hit and miss, but I don't, mm. 
and I'm not as as deep in landscaping as I was. Uh, and it was it's mm -hmm. another thing when you do landscaping projects and you're doing one at a time, um, because you know you get you get halfway through and you're like, okay, I want to check for half, right? And then a lot of times they're not going to argue with you, and then you finish. Mm -hmm. And you're like, everything looks good to you. You walk the property and you're like, okay, I'm not leaving till you write me the last check. And then mm -hmm. usually it is not an issue. It is what it is, right? But if you got 10 crews out doing landscape projects and you don't want, you know, uh, to, to Tommy, your, uh, your foreman who doesn't have a driver's license uh, to collect a check, then I could see where it could get squirrely. How much of it do you see? uh still taking place whether whether it be in lawn care or or landscaping uh when it comes to people struggling to get paid i just think that you have to have a really uh straightforward and upfront payment schedule um uh -huh. i mean i think even on a lawn care program like if you're uh like okay so take take it like this right um if you offer prepaid discounts, great, you know, or even if you just offer a prepaid program and there's no discount, that's fine. But I would offer people and say, man, I don't have that $800, whatever it is, right. For the whole thing. I'd offer them a thing where, Hey, I'll pay, I'll, I'll go ahead and take, you know, 300 up front, 400 up front, which is going to get me most of my materials, right. Easily. And then at that point, maybe it's a, just a straight monthly fee after that. And you're going to, you're agreeing that, Hey, we're going to charge you this much on a subscription and you're not canceling, you know, like you're, you're taking the whole thing or you're paying a penalty, which is the remainder of what's left. I think that, uh, I don't know. I mean, what do you think cancel rates are these days? Do you think it's easier to cancel? Not as easy to cancel. And do you think that cancellation rates are up or down over the board, say from 10 years ago? Take a guess. I have no idea. Up, down, uh, different? I don't know. I, I'm, uh, I, I would say... Okay, when it comes to cancellations, I'll say this. There were regions that I've heard recently that are no good. Um, like, and when I say no good, it's like the rate of growth has slowed significantly year over year since, uh, year, since 2021. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. I and I'm thinking that. some areas of the Midwest, like uh, parts of Indiana. Um, yeah. I got to think of two guys that I've talked to there that have said just like, man, stalled, completely stalled. <laughs> really? Mm hmm. Hmm. That's interesting. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I just saw a, uh, a pretty good sized landscape company here advertise, start advertising for, 2024 packages and they do everything so they're full service they'll do landscape tree shrub pruning um you know furt squirt aeration seeding everything and they've got this package now where you're paying i think they said it starts off at like 400 bucks a month for you know an average subdivision house and they'll take care of everything right like you know that they're going to come you know once a week and mow your lawn they're going to come twice a week and you know or twice a month and service your beds yada 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 and that's it you just put it on auto pay put it on your credit card and boom 
So I, I think that's something too that um, just making it easier to pay, but having it be straightforward too. I think that you know I was having this conversation with somebody on our uh, on our Discord here recently, uh, just this week. We had our turf conference here in Ohio, lawn care, golf, sports turf. Everybody got together, um, and one of our members was actually there, and we talked for a while and. One of the things centered around, I know we've had this conversation before about different rounds and products and things like that, you know, to break it down on a a more, um, you know, round by round level. But, you know, he was struggling with the fact of, hey, should I, you know, he wants to dump Merit and would want to go with Tetrino or with the Celeprin. Celeprin doesn't really fit into what he wants to do with what he's spraying and spreading at that time of year, early season. Tetrino would fit, but he's not sure about how, you know, he would manage those costs right on the front side of the backside. He's going to, you know, he should be making a lot of money in the middle of summer on that, you know, round four treatment, let's say, and he can't charge enough on the round one treatment to cover his costs on the celebrant. So he's kind of fighting it. I'm like, Hey, how do I make this all work out? And I said, that's kind of what I told him. I said, well, you know, maybe you go to something where if they can't afford the whole thing up front, you just go to, you're going to pay me a chunk, you know, 25% upside. Material draw, you know, you can call it whatever you want, um, mm-hmm. and just get people. Hey, listen, I don't use cheap. It just it's really Ray's argument, right? I don't use cheap shit. I use shit that works, and that costs money. You know, yeah, just it like costs money when you use <laughs> Jesse Bousquet to evict your tenants, ladies and gentlemen. Mm-hmm. Jesse Bousquet law. Yes, he's yeah, expensive when you, when you because do... he fucking gets them out. Yeah, he he gets he gets the job done and. You know, that, too, what I find, you know, this part of this conversation is, as a service provider, do you differentiate yourself in terms of what you do, what you use, and how you do things? I mean, do you differentiate yourself? Because... I frequently hear the pushback where people say, my God, I've never heard of a single person lawn and landscape care business costing this much. And I say, hey, that, did your other guy show up with the materials and products that would actually get this done? Did the guy do that? Or not? I mean, is that that that's the question? And so, here's what I and, and therefore what I tell people when I get that question is, I tell them you are paying me basically to have Simplot's inventory on my truck ready to go whenever there's an issue. You're not paying me to be the lawn boy. You're paying me because I have things on hand for when bad things happen. I'm prepared. And that and is I think, the, go ahead. That's the bottom line because uh, differentiating yourself also helps you get paid. You know, that, that's, the, that's the thing is that you got to make yourself so valuable that your clientele would think really hard about 
stiffing you or shorting you like that. You got to differentiate yourself. And you know what? If, and that's why too, should I run into somebody where they still don't value me, even though I try to do good by them? I have no issues with cutting them off after they, I've given them opportunity to uh, make make things right. I have no issues with it. And on that differentiation, oh, go ahead. Shit. Yeah, and and Matt Montgomery. That is where, again, I differentiate myself. And should somebody become bad debt, they are very quickly no longer my customer and they're no longer my customer long before they run up a very big bill. Long before that happens, it doesn't take much with me. Ray will usually take one of the neighbor's shih tzus and tie it up out back at that person's house and leave it there. (laughs) Yeah, Um, I I wouldn't. (laughs) Uh, One of the things Looney said, do people cancel mid-season all the time? Uh, You know, so normally like sales season lawn care where I live is uh, you get, uh, you know, uh, February through May. And then there's a law. And then when everything turns to shit in June, normally like (laughs) right there, that first outbreak is like the next big sales cycle. Uh, And then again, you know, smaller, but in fall too, right? So you kind of get this nice blip in the middle of the season when the shit starts hitting the fan where they're like, man, whoever's taking care of my shit sucks. I want someone new to do Mm -hmm. this. So yeah, it happens all the time. Um, but I'll say this, like in, in my industry now, you know, everything is not contract negotiated on the front end. Right. So, um, depending on what we're doing, say it's a one time, one off deal, right. It's 25% down to get put onto the schedule. It's 25% to start, uh, it's 25% upon completion. And then it's 25% before it ships before it leaves our building. Right. Uh, so (laughs) that is. That's exactly how, how, you know, we, we do it now, if it's a a long term customer or whatever, you know, and they need terms, then, you know, it'll be a certain amount down. And then depending upon how much you put down, will be, uh, will dictate, you know, what your terms are on the back end, right? You put, you, you, you pay 33% down, then you get 33, 30 days on 60% of the balance or whatever the case may be. Right. It's all negotiable at that point, but uh, it's all completely laid out on the front end. And then the caveat is, is that if it, if it doesn't move out of our warehouse, then there's a demerge fee, right? But we, we, uh, we're going to bill for, for having to inventory it. And then, uh, if it doesn't, if it doesn't get, get paid period, then we take ownership of the material and then we'll, you know, sell it in the market for whatever we can get for it. Right? <laughs> so anyway, yep. that's, that's how, how we do it. Right. We have to do it that way because, uh, uh you know, again, typically our, our contracts are going to be like six figures, right? So, you know, you get, you get stiffed on one. I mean, that's a monumental amount of money, high risk, high reward, you know? So it's kind of how it plays out. What were you going to say to me? Oh, I was just, all I was going to say was on that, you know, differentiation and all that kind of stuff is if, if you get in a situation more on the front end of people price shopping, things like that. And I've said this on here multiple times, but I think it, it comes back to, the value piece. Right? If I'm a little bit more or even a lot more 
clearly you're not happy with the situation that you're in. Otherwise, you wouldn't be contacting me, right? Mm-hmm. So let me provide the service the way I feel that I need to, the way that I conduct business. And I'll show you that this is why we're different, right? And if they have no frame of reference, they have no, you know, other, you don't have any other lawns in that area or in that that neighborhood, whatever the case might be, is, you know, maybe you do give them a little bit of the break if you want to try and get in there. But I, I, I wouldn't. I would honestly just stick my guns and say, hey, price is the price, and the value is what I'm selling you, not the price. You know, so I just see a lot of people that get beat up a little bit on that and. Um, in that yeah. vein of what you were asking at first about, you know, uh, people taking, you know, cancels and, you know, stag- stagnant markets. I don't know if this is a hundred percent fact, but based on what I'm seeing come through my inbox, uh, is people looking for differentiators right and i i don't know if it's they're looking for services to add to their portfolio due to demand for it or are they looking to capture more revenue per high-end customer right um and and it's 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 kind of off the wall highly tailored highly customized products that that over the last three years, I have not seen demand for like at all. And then all of a sudden it's the, the, the numbers in, on the demand side of it are, uh, 10 X what they were two years ago. Right. And, uh, and I would think that the pressure would have been on this during, uh, the giant urea spike. And so it was weird that I didn't see it then, right? Now, there was, and I think, you know, probably some of that would have been because ag was buying up things like chicken manure and stuff, right? When when ag starts buying mm-hmm. that up, there's not really a lot of options that you can go to. But it seems like right now, uh, more, more custom compounded, um, uh, scenario-based or regional-based, uh, city-based type uh, solutions for an application or a treatment or, you know, some time of, uh, some type of uh, longer term strategy uh, seems to be in vogue right now. Um, and that's, uh, that's as specific as I can be without, without being too, wow. wow. Opening up too much of it. Right. But do, do you see, do you see what I'm saying? Like it's I there's it, a yeah. bigger demand for highly specialized shit right now that I, I just, I haven't seen in three years. That is, and uh, I mean, I don't know what that means. You know what? You know what that means. I think that means that the cookie cutter, one size fits all program may well be uh, peaking, and there's about to be change. And I've argued for that change, in that. If we want to survive as an industry, we need to differentiate, set ourselves apart, and stop copying everybody else and doing what everybody else does. Because otherwise, well, and I, uh, if you and if you do, you're going to get the same results. And here's the bad part. You are going to get paid the same, even though, guess what? 
you're basically having to price match the very big company low margin prices. Not a good situation to be in. <laughs> here's a question, and this is something I've thought about for a while, and I want I'm interested to see how this plays out, right? So in the last, you know, since since COVID, right, there has been a rash of companies that have been bought up either by private equity firms, holding companies that can try and, you know, conglomerate these things, repackage and sell them and continue the cycle further and further up the 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 private equity chain, right? And what I've seen so far, I've seen some good ones. I've seen some some companies that have the absolute right mindset, whether they're franchising or they're just buying up companies and rolling them up into their own, whatever the case might be. But I've seen some good ones. But I've seen a lot of ones that are just continuing to perpetuate really, really, really piss poor practices that are only there for a billable service and then GTFO. Like that's it. So I wonder, fellas, how much of the true greenization do you think is going to compound here? And what's what happens? Like, do do these guys all figure out? Oh, hey, you know, you can't print money if you just continually trip over your dick every single round until somebody cancels you and they go on to the next person. Or do these guys somehow figure out that hey? good agronomy sells and we have such buying power that we could do this, you know, maybe not the way that Ray does it, but we could do this more right than we do wrong. And it actually wouldn't be that bad from a business perspective. Uh, man. So here's the thing is that I think I've, I've got a couple different thoughts on this, right? I will say yeah. the amount of M and a inquiries, uh, during COVID after, you know, towards, I would say year two and year three of COVID, right? If, if, if 2019, you know, winter of 2019, you know, year three would be winter of 2022. I would say through that period, the number of predatory M&A companies was out of control. I mean, it was nuts. Literally someone in your inbox every day ready to buy you. And the types of deals that came through would range. So one, out of 50 would be like what I would consider a legitimate deal of someone who wants to grow a business that's successful. And then the rest of them would be like, where and how do you have the money you have? It doesn't <laughs> make sense. It was yeah. weird. It was like spooky ghost money coming out of nowhere. And you would see too, yeah. that they would typically offer less and uh, and then the terms of it would be less favorable to the uh, to the the, the uh, selling company, and it was it was weird. I mean, I mean, I can't even begin to tell you the number of people that that came through the inbox. And you, man, you'd schedule it, get real excited, schedule a call with them, and after like the third one, you realize like, wait a second, what <laughs> is happening here? Now, in the same regard. That there was a lot of them too that would call and then they would be like, Oh, sorry, you know, we're only looking to buy 10 million plus dollar businesses. We thought y'all were that size. We see you're not. <laughs> that happened a lot too, you know. So, and I, and so I couldn't give, and I'll say that typically the people who I talked to were looking to, to buy a $10 million business and the amount of capital they were looking to roll up th that for, you know, those guys were all serious, right? But if you're less than a $10 million business, I'd say less than a $5 million business. Chances are you had a lot of predatory people showing up and uh, and and making moves on you. I don't know about 
you know, Furt and Squirt specifically, but I can say at least in manufacturing, that's that's what we saw, right? It was it was weird. Mm-hmm. The people that were showing up and and making crazy, just like kind of off the wall offers. Um, uh, and it's funny actually. I called John Perry about about one of them that, but like a an actual legit one. And I uh, when I talked to John Perry about it, what he was saying was, uh, you know, there there are going to be multiple True Greens on the market uh, sooner than later. Right. Due due to the amount of acquisitions that were taking place. And uh, and, you know, he was saying that that's 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 why he's he's in it for, for more years to come, because, you know, he wants an opportunity to take a stab at him or whatever. You know, I can't remember what all the conversation yeah. was, but it was it was something along the lines of that, that, you know, he he saw in his purview, you know, that the, the acceleration of when I say m and I'm talking about merger and acquisitions. Right. Um, the, right, the acceleration right. of of you know binding up or joining or uh agglomerating these these companies under the same you know pe umbrella it was weird uh that was definitely a weird time but do you think how do you think that shakes out from oh, a you're right i think it depends on the the uh the m a right so of of how many of those are predatory i i think the predatory ones are going to be uh, spending, you know, the money and not giving an absolute shit what shakes out on the other side. Zero care, zero clue. Uh, it is what it is, and just let the cookie crumble. There is going to be one out of fifty um, that um, uh, that 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 actually do give a shit. And chances are, and I'll say this: the, the companies that I do know. On the manufacturing side, that rolled up into uh, uh, an M and A from a PE um, that have been extremely successful is one they were very low key about it. Uh, two, the original owners uh, stayed on board as part of an equity swap, and uh, and three, um, uh, they are still primary decision makers. They were just giving more, given more capital. Uh, to invest where they thought uh, the wisest dollars were spent. And then they had a team of people who could do a faster risk analysis on spending those dollars on uh, what, whatever they, they determined was, was the sure. best place to spend them. That, I think, is the home run play. But how many of those are moving into lawn care? If I saw one in 50 in manufacturing, I'm going to say the same thing exists in lawn care, one out of 50. So if you know 50 companies that got bought, 49 of them are probably uh, does not give a shit what ends up happening out, out of it. If it is PE that bought it, if it's another lawn care company that bought it, then yeah, it's a whole nother you know, bag of shit to open up and stir around. <laughs> so for, okay. Let's say in that you know, true green, the run the wannabe true green space. Mm-hmm. I, I've had several, several, uh, windshield, long windshield events to think about things like this, you know? Yep. Um, what would be, let's say that we, the three of us walked into the board boardroom at uh, true green or whatever at the technician level, at the production manager level and at the, branch manager level what are one thing for each of those people that we should tell them to do a better fucking job at to 
improve, you know, BMPs, you know, just from an agronomic perspective and, or just general, like not churning through so many customers because you suck, you know, what would one thing at each level? I'm curious, especially for Ray, Man. I really want to see Ray. I, in, oh, in my, my opinion, it would be, it would be the, the type of training that is extended to the technicians. I'll say this, having gone through the training program at True Green, pretty effective. Um, uh, I, I didn't think there was anything about it that left a lot of open-ended questions. The only thing I walked away from it with that I was still like, huh? was uh you know being able to 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 call uh you know herbicides for specific weeds off the top of my head you know i left college without a without that ability i i I walked into true green without that ability and training didn't help me entirely on that right but at least had enough to know broadleaf grassy weeds here's a few herbicides that are going to work in that space and here's a a few herbicides that are going to work in the grassy weed space right okay It, it got that dialed in so um, but, but, you know, uh, customer interaction, you know, I felt like was, was very sufficient, uh, consistency of language that the technicians use, I felt like was very consistent. Um, and then it comes down to kind of like individual branch culture too. I think, uh, uh, you know, some of it plays into there, like when you ride on trucks and stuff, you learn how they talk, you kind of fill that mold. I think they do a good job of that on the sales side. However, that is cutthroat, right? And uh, the great thing about the technicians is that when it's winter and you get laid off, what do you get to go do? You get to go sell lawn care, right? That's a ton of fun <laughs> uh, for for us to go do that, right? But uh, what's not fun is during the sales season when they have quotas and thresholds to hit in order to maintain their job. And so they're selling literal shit uh, in order to post one on the board and ring the bell. That is, I think that accounts for fucking 90, no, not that many. I would say 50% of the problems. I'll I'll say 50%. I think the other 40% is, I don't know where it comes from. I do not know where it comes from, but I think it is going to be on the agronomy side. And I think it may be not what goes into the tanks right? I think from a product selection standpoint, the right products are being selected. I think it has to do with mixing 30,000 gallons at a time and not having a sufficient setup to do that, to produce a consistent output. Then the other thing too, is that there's a lot of scrutiny by environmental groups at the state level uh, on True Green. And so rinse and wash off. I don't know how much of this I can say out loud. From what I understand, I don't know if this is fact or not. However, rinsate has to be recycled in under the premise that it is an active pesticide. So Mm -hmm. if you put in a certain amount of rinsate that may contain all fertilizer, you have to account for the amount of pesticide of potential runoff that could have made it in it as being active in that tank, right? So, um, in some instances during the time of the year, maybe just maybe what's accounted for in rinsate is not actually pesticide being recycled back into the tanks. And then you get into those situations. Like I don't understand last week when I went and sprayed all my weeds died. And then this week when I went and sprayed, 
Uh, shit is not doing anything. I don't understand what the fuck is going on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Just saying. I mean, I mean that is that accounts uh, for the other fifty percent. Yeah, forty percent. That's parlaying into the concept of bulk mixing, uh, having stuff stored. All of that is like. Big no-nos. And the other piece that I think you kind of like briefly went into, but I'll go into further, is compliance with best management practices. Okay? Because I remember Ryan showing us that very cringe Joe Knows Turf where those motherfuckers are pushing a spreader mm. and the other guy is running around with a backpack sprayer. And that was during the middle of a thunderstorm, Ryan. I remember that. And I remember that. Yeah. You see, and, and you see that is the kind of action that one violates all best management practices. And two, should you get caught doing that either by your clientele or the regulatory agencies responsible for that area? Mm -hmm. Right now, the big companies are kind of like Gotti, John Gotti. They are untouchable by the authorities. However, they got Al Capone, they got John Gotti, so it is only a matter of time before the state environmental department, for example, says, okay, we have enough to shut these fuckers down. That's it. We're done. And then, of course, in the case of a state like Hawaii, I've frequently told you guys that I heard chatter back in 2007 or 2008 that True Green was supposed to come to Hawaii. Well, you know what, guys? It's now 2023, and there is no sign of them here. Not yet. I, yeah. No, I, 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 no, I think they looked at how Hawaii Department of Health and Hawaii Department of Ag would treat them, and they noped right out of this. Okay? I think that's what happened. They realized that, oh, my God, if we get caught spreading fruit or spraying weeds in the middle of a thunderstorm, we're not going to be able to talk our way out of that one. <laughs> it's not happening. <laughs> I almost got struck by lightning on a lawn. Mind hey, you, I, I, I did too. Spreader, but well, I almost did. I did too. I, I, I almost got struck by lightning too. And unfortunately, that time that I was making that application, uh, I had the trident. Mm. And so I thought to myself, oh, goody. Ray is going to turn into a 115-pound lightning rod. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> no, thank you. <laughs> Fuck that. I mean, so, but then that is the, that is when I, you know, made some decisions at that point, and I asked myself, why in the hell 
am I out here treating a lawn when a supercell is passing over the island? What the hell am I doing here today? Why am I doing this? Why? And and then when I got to ask that, and then when I got to have that hard conversation with somebody, my goodness, because basically that, that person was told, you know what? Bye. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's an experience, right? Until, until yeah. you've had to do that, you know, it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's one of those things. Uh, uh, we, we're 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 about to call this real quick. Uh, Chuck said, "Way way off the wall question for Matt. What was your most memorable experience in Japan? What are you looking forward to most with your next visit?" Um, a a, a couple things I would say. Number one, uh, is uh, one just getting getting to know my in laws like on their turf. Right was uh was was pretty wild. Right because they don't speak. My mother in law speaks some English. My father in law does not speak English, but. Uh, alcohol is the great mediator right and uh, and so you have you have drinks together and you can effectively communicate and uh what i can't wait to go back next time about is uh is now with the advancements in real-time translation technology i think that's going to be a lot of fun um second of all was getting up because you have such bad jet lag is getting up at uh four in the morning and just going and just walking right uh taking taking two hours to 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 get up uh, and just go watch everything. Uh, it is so, um, uh, so, so different than anything I'm used to. Right. And of course I look like a gargoyle over there. And, um, so it's, it's a, it's a thing. I, I, I just enjoyed it, taking it all in. What's interesting is the number of native plants there that are also, you know, native here, um, you know, from a, a, a latitude perspective, uh, uh, Yokohama, where I was, is not too far off from East Tennessee, where I live now. Um, and, and so it was, it was, it's interesting. And, uh, but being out in the morning and just, just watching people exist in their, in their day to day, uh, it was pretty, a pretty surreal experience thinking about that taking place in real time, uh, on the, uh, on the other side of the planet from where I grew up and, uh, and there's this whole other ass civilization that, you know, I went just a significant part of my life. Like you see it on a map, but you don't actually think about like people there, like living their lives. And then you get to see it. It was fucked up uh, in a good way. I mean that in a very, very good way. No, there was nothing bad about it. I had a great time. Uh, and then of course, it's getting know, dark. eating, eating, uh, Eating strange things and drinking strange things, right? Like when you're when you're drinking booze that has a snake in it, uh, it has a rattlesnake in it, and it's looking at you uh, as you pour as you pour shots out of it and continue to pour shots out of it, and then by by the end of it, you think you think you've developed some sort of like divine connection with the snake that's in the in the jar that you've been drinking. It's a pretty it's a pretty interesting. Uh, Matt, pretty interesting you had that. Too. You've had you you actually had that. Fuck, oh, right? Oh man, dude. We let me tell you. All right, so because of course the Simon and I are married, and the, the the rumor is is that that well the the uh, the the statement about it is that it's a it's an aphrodisiac, right? So everyone is buying you uh, these these drinks, and so we went to this um, uh, kind of a hometown bar that uh, it's a Okinawa style bar by her house, and they know her family real well and stuff, and so we went in there, and the owner, of course, brought 
a fucking jar of this booze that had a giant fucking rattlesnake in it and set it on the table and was like, you know, Fuck. Uh, you know, con- congratulations. You owe me it though. Here, and, here's, the, uh, here's what I know about it. Here's what I know we about it. We drank the stuff. whole fucking thing. Is that that is a common thing to, you know, Japan and China. Mm-hmm. I've also I've also seen stuff with get this one, Matt. Centipedes or scorpions in it. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. You'll see. Okay, that. okay. Yeah, uh-huh. I've seen I've seen that with centipedes or scorpions, and for centipedes and scorpions, that is the treatment for arthritis. That's what that's all that's why I know about that. And of course, uh, the fucking rattlesnake in the jar is. China's answer to Viagra. Seriously. Yeah. 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 It's the <laughs> same, same thing in, in Japan and, uh, in, in Japan. How, however, uh, I can also tell you, uh, that doesn't do Jack beans. Sorry. Don't work. Uh, no, not, <laughs> yeah, there was, there was nothing about it that uh, other than the fact that you're, you're literally like occasionally getting at, on eye level with the snake and looking into its eyes it, and, yeah, you're looking at a damn you're dead. You're looking at a damn. Ra- you're dead. A rattlesnake you drowned in my booze. You sack of shit. <laughs> yeah. However, the other use of that yeah, rattlesnake stuff. Yeah, yeah. The other use of that rattlesnake stuff, and how I know it is, that's also a treatment for pneumonia. <laughs> uh, there's there's nothing like an anticoagulant plus an anticoagulant uh, to to just you know really really get things just slipping and sliding through your veins. Okay, uh, we are going to get out of here again. A couple dates um, next. Uh, what was it next week? Is it two weeks? Yes, no, two, two weeks. weeks. Two weeks. Two weeks. Two weeks from Santa today. and Mrs. Claus. Yep, that'll be the twenty first. We have Santa and Mrs. Claus, and then on the twenty eighth. We have our end of year especial, um, and and neither of these do you do you want to miss? Boy, we have some fucking <laughs> treats for you. Um, can't wait. Say, wait, did you say think... treats or freaks? Because uh, either, either yes. was correct. Yes. Yes. Uh, and um, uh, and what is just going to make it so much better is on Sunday, Spencer called me, and uh, and so I just i i've got a i've got a feeling. This is this is just gonna it's gonna go over. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's all the tease you get, suckers. Um, uh, beyond that, we are gonna go. It'll hang be a out, gift. Hang, hang out. It'll be a gift in the after show. If you are, if you are, if you are okay with uh, with dirty humor, you want uh, to have more individualized, uh, talk time with us, especially if you're going over something this winter that you want to do to, uh, to help your business. And, um, I, I you know, I, whatever aspect it may be, if you have questions about a CRM, uh, integrating or, or taking on a subject like, um, uh, switching all your, your clients to auto pay or credit card on file or whatever, uh, by all means, you know, check it out. Um, uh, Patreon.com forward slash the, uh, what is this? Uh, thank you for having a show that actually highlights that the other shows are just. Oh, no, 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 no. That, yeah, that's, oh. That, that's for the group. Oh my God. Yeah, I we'll can't read about. that out loud, but 100%. I, I think I know him. I think I, I think I know oh, him. Oh, okay. Um, 
No, I do not. I'm thinking Wilson is the last name. I do not know him. Interesting. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Hell yeah. Um. Okay. Sure. Fuck yeah. Fuck yeah. We're coming out of the woodwork. I know, man. Fucking a right. Uh, also coming up after after the 28th, uh, we're gonna have Doctor Shaddix back on uh, in in January. We'll announce that date coming up uh, shortly. That's uh, that's always a crowd favorite, fan favorite. So I look forward to that. Uh, again, we're gonna go hang out with the patrons. Patreon.com forward slash burner returns. Like four bucks a month, five bucks a month, whatever it is. Uh, but uh, you get you get more unrestricted access to us, and uh, and of course, a community of people who are like you that are interested in learning to do better, to be better, and uh, and just take whatever it is they they do about their life and take it to the next level. And it's not just about lawn care. It's literally a community of, of people who are interested in being the absolute best people that they can be or the drunkest people that they can be. But that's okay because sometimes <laughs> that's needed to decom- decompress from, you know, the shit that is uh, that life can throw at you sometimes. And, uh, and we're here for that as well, too. We get it. Uh, sh- shout out to Lushy for manning our uh uh 888 number um he 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 does a, a great job with that and uh and we're very thankful for lushy for for handling that we got it we got to keep everybody's head on straight and narrow um okay yeah i think that's got it everyone have a fantastic night we'll catch y'all on the flip side bye <laughs> it's christmas time <laughs> it's christmas time <laughs>